Today's reading is from John chapter 11, verses 21 to 37. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opens the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Well, thanks again for having me. It's, um, it's great to be with you guys. Of course, a shame that I can't be in your beautiful chapel this time round, but Zoom will have to do. Uh, a poor proxy, but great that we can still meet together in, in this way. Now, Claire has asked me to speak on the question, where is God in a coronavirus world? And I've chosen this passage from John's Gospel because in verse 21, and in verse 32, both Mary and Martha say to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. They both say the same thing. And they are both asking this very question, like, where were you? And in this passage, we see the unique answer that Jesus gives to each of them as he comforts Mary and speaks hope to Martha. So what I want us to do in the sort of 15 minutes that I've been given is to look at the two answers that Jesus gives and see how they apply to our particular question, where is God in a coronavirus world? So, first of all, where is he? He is right here, weeping with us. So in verse 32, if it comes up on the screen, I'm not sure, but if you've got a Bible in front of you, Mary comes up to Jesus, falls at his feet, and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Then in verse 33, Jesus sees her weeping, sees the Jews also weeping, and he asks, where have you laid him? Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then look at verse 35. Jesus wept. These two precious words, which are the shortest sentence in the Bible, yet possibly the most profound as we see in the person of Jesus Christ, God's own reaction to pain and suffering in his world. 
That is, he weeps at it. He mourns with us. And so God is not distant. He is not aloof to our pain and suffering. And as God sees us weeping right now at the 32,000 deaths so far due to COVID-19 in this country and the loss of jobs and the surge in domestic violence and the rise in addictions and the high anxiety and general mental health issues across the nation, be assured that Jesus weeps with us too. I was 10 years old when I first experienced someone close to me dying. It was my grandfather on my mother's side. And, you know, I, I was distraught. I didn't know how to deal with it at that age. And I remember my grandma on the other side of the family comforting me and um, holding my hand, a calming presence by my side. I don't remember exactly the words she said, but what I do remember is seeing her own tears welling up in her eyes, seeing her sort of enter into my pain and share it with me and sympathize with me, weep with me. And it was so reassuring to have someone there who not only understood what I was going through, but who I could draw near to for comfort. And as we see Jesus here in this passage at the death of Lazarus with Mary and Martha, well, so it is with him. This is not a game of let's pretend with Jesus. He is fully human as well as fully divine. So these are real tears from Jesus, real emotion. And if you think about it for a moment, Jesus must experience the pain and suffering of this world more fully than anybody else. Because you and I tend to only care about our immediate friends, immediate family. But Jesus Christ cares about every human being. And therefore that includes you too. And so whatever you personally are going through right now with respect to coronavirus, you can be sure that God does understand. He is not distant. He is not aloof. He sympathizes with you. And you can draw near to him for the comfort that you need. Lord, I need your comfort right now. Lord, please reassure me of your loving presence. Lord, help me to see just how much you care. I was chatting to a doctor the other day who's really been in the midst of it. And she was honest enough to say to me that it's very easy, she's found it very easy to become hardened to the sadness of this whole situation as she dashes from one patient to the next to the next. But Jesus Christ never becomes hardened to any of the sadness we face in our lives. He always understands, he is always there for us, you can always draw near to him for comfort. So, where is God in the coronavirus world? First, right here, weeping with us. Secondly, he is right here speaking hope to us. So let me read from verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. There's that statement again. Where were you? But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. 
Now listen to Jesus' words in verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. In his book, The Free Man's Worship, the atheist and philosopher Bertrand Russell says that all the labours of the ages, all the devotion, all the inspiration, all the noonday brightness of human genius are destined to extinction in the fast death of the solar system and that the whole temple of human achievement must inevitably be buried beneath the debris of a universe in ruins. Which, if true, doesn't exactly put a spring in your step, does it? In fact, Bertrand Russell concluded that the only firm foundation upon which to build your life as an atheist was the foundation of unyielding despair, which is not what you and I want to hear right now, is it? But if what Jesus says in verse 25 is true, then that changes everything. Because we know how the story of the universe and our lives are going to end if we believe in him. Not in ruins, but in resurrection life and the sort of happily ever after that we all long for. As a household, we signed up for Disney Plus at the start of lockdown, thought it might help us get through these four, um, well, these, um, how many weeks it is now, with our four kids. And watching this, some of these Disney Plus movies, you have, you have got to hand it to Disney. They are masters of the happily ever after. Be it the rags to riches of Cinderella, uh, be it the true love between Beauty and the Beef, uh, Beauty and the Beast, sorry, Nemo finding his way home, um, Snow White coming back to life. I mean, it's not just me, is it? We love it when good triumphs over evil and justice prevails and when everything works out uh, in the end. Now, of course, as I say that, these are just fairy tales. They didn't really happen. But Jesus Christ really lived and he really died. There is no credible historian who denies that. And then three days later, so it is claimed, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, death defeated, never to die again. And that is why Jesus Christ has changed the course of history more than any other figure before or since because he is not a fairy tale and all our longings for a happily ever after can come true in him. You can see with Boris Johnson's statement on Sunday night just what a difficult job he has right now. On the one hand you have people wanting him to be much more specific about what it means to stay alert. Does that mean I can meet my mum now? Does that mean I can have my cleaner back? People want a sort of Levitical lawmaker with 5,000 rules. On the other hand, you have people wary of the overreach of government and the fact that the PM can't legislate the way out of this. It is a very difficult situation to be in, to know what is best going forwards. Boris Johnson can't simply you know, click his fingers. He doesn't have that sort of power to get rid of COVID-19. And yet, do you see just how easily Jesus Christ can deal with the greatest enemy of all? 
Just three words is all it takes. Lazarus, come out, and he is immediately brought back from the dead. Now, Lazarus does die again. But when Jesus says in these verses, the one who believes in me will live even though they die, he's talking about resurrection life, like his own resurrection from the dead, never to die again. In other words, no matter how bad things get in this coronavirus world, there is always a happy ending. There is always a way out. There is always hope with Jesus Christ. So where is God in a coronavirus world? Well, he's right here weeping with us, right here speaking hope to us. And thirdly, right here calling us back to him. In verse 33, we read that Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And the Greek word for deeply moved here is an unusual one, a word normally used for the snorting of horses. And when applied to human beings suggests anger, outrage, emotional indignation. So what is Jesus angry about? Commentators suggest that Jesus is angry here about the sin and sickness and death that have invaded his world and caused so much havoc and sorrow as they are here to Mary and Martha. You see, whilst it is most certainly wrong to suggest, as some people do, that the coronavirus is God's judgment on specific individuals, we know this is wrong because two chapters earlier in chapter nine, when the people ask Jesus about the man born blind, they say, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus categorically states, neither, neither the man, neither the parents. This has got nothing to do with people's individual sin. Nevertheless, in the whole Bible story, it is true to say that all sickness and all diseases ultimately are consequence of the fall after the first human beings, Adam and Eve, turned their back on God and try to live life with no reference to him. Now, this is really important because in a general collective sense, it can be said that COVID-19 is a sign of God's judgment, a sign of what happens when humanity turns its back on God. But straight away from a Christian point of view, we immediately need to add that the very reason Jesus came to earth was not to judge us, but to call us back to him. The one who believes in me will live. C.S. Lewis, the author of the Narnia novels, once said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, but shouts to us in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And perhaps that is what God is saying to you right now through the coronavirus. Come back to me. Believe in me. How many times have we heard people say during this lockdown that it has helped them to realise what really matters in life? Friends, family, loved ones. But let's not forget the most important relationship of all.
with God himself. The one we've just seen weeps with us in the most sympathetic of ways. The one who speaks hope to us like no one else. And ultimately, in his own death, suffers for us, suffers in our place for our sin. And all the times we have turned our backs on God and try to live life without him. The Anglican minister and theologian John Stott once said, I could never myself believe in God if it were not for the cross. In the real world of pain, how can one worship a God who was immune to it? But I hope you can see that Jesus Christ was not immune to it. And so there really is no situation you will ever face where he cannot sympathize with you. And there really is no situation, not even death itself, which he does not have an answer for. So come back to him. It's very easy to lose sight of God amidst all the stress and panic of coronavirus. And if you're an MP, wanting to make sure you don't have the worst death rates in your care home or that your constituency does not have the most deaths in it. But whatever we're facing, we must not forget about God because we need him more than anyone else right now. Perhaps some of you have been reconnecting with God during this lockdown after a time away from him. Whatever the reason, it is a wonderful thing to come back to him, to reconnect with him. He welcomes you with open arms and the wonderful good news of the gospel is you don't need to clean yourself up first. That is why Jesus Christ died. You simply need to confess your sin and believe in him. The one who weeps with us, speaks hope to us and calls us back to him. So let me close us with a prayer for that for us now. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you very much indeed for this passage in John's Gospel and how it shows us that you really do sympathise with the pain and suffering that we are experiencing right now during lockdown and COVID-19. And thank you so much that you don't just sympathise with us, but that you speak words of hope to us. Resurrection life seeing you face to face in this world renewed. And thank you for this reminder that through it, you are calling us back to you. Please would we do that? Trust in you, believe in you, and let you comfort us and live in light of this hope. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.